With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. appreciate everybody joining us on this Thursday night and uh, Mike I wish we could uh, would have gotten been able to get through this show on a little bit uh, of a better uh, a better footing because uh, obviously a lot of this show is going to be uh, dedicated to the memory of trainer uh, Larry Reinheimer of Freaky Feet Pete Payne who unfortunately and tragically passed away last Saturday Mike can you hear me okay? I thought we had there yeah I can hear you can you're, you hear you're good there we go yeah it was a uh it was a tragic week in the uh sport of harness racing Mike and I personally uh you know I personally have talked to Larry a lot and um I had literally just saw him Thursday at the jug Mike and it's uh it, it's very very sad and uh it's very very unfortunate yeah, he was the uh, post-time uh, with Mike and Mike award winner for Small Stables, and actually that's the announcement that we're going to make right off the top, Mike, and I was thinking about maybe pushing this back, but I think it's probably best if we bring this in right off the top. Um, the From here on forward, the 2016 Beyond Small Stable Award uh, from post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America will now be known as the Larry Reinheimer Award. So it'll be the Larry Reinheimer Small Stable Award. That award will be dedicated to the uh, honor of Larry. And uh, we're going to, during the course of this program, 
and it's kind of going to be scattered all throughout the program, but we're going to honor uh, life and times of uh, Larry Reinheimer. We have Emily Gass from Hoosier Park. She's going to be joining us. Uh, we put together a nice little dedication to Larry, which we'll be hearing in just a couple of minutes. Uh, and we're going to uh, hear just a little bit from a couple of different people, George Teague, Trace Dietrich, uh, Melissa Keith, uh, and a few more to chime in and uh, talk about Larry. So we're going to hear that throughout the course of the program. Plus, we have uh, a jam program on top of that. Peace Stables, Ed O'Connor will be joining us in just a few minutes. We just formed a partnership. We're super happy uh, and super thrilled to uh, have a partnership with uh, VIP Stables, and Ed O'Connor is going to be joining us in just a few minutes. We had a chance to talk to uh, Darren Zocali, TBG's very own. Uh, he had a chance to write a pretty decent article, and if you haven't had a chance to read it, it's on DRF Harness. It's a very good article about uh, Wiggle It Jiggle It, one of the true superstars of our sport. We'll talk to Darren a little bit more about that. Plus, our uh, weekly segment with Pompano Park will begin. Uh, the Isle of Capri, Pompano Park, and the uh, track announcer Gabe Prude will join us, and uh, he's going to uh, talk about the grant of the opening of the uh, 2016 Harness Meet there. So a lot going on on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. When we come back, it's the VIP Stables' Ed O'Connor. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Get a huge boost to your bankroll for all of summer's best racing at Bet America. All new players can double their first deposit up to $300 with Bet America's 100% deposit bonus. That's the biggest sign up bonus in the industry. Sign up today and start playing the Bet America way. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at embroideryunl.com. That's embroideryunl.com. Embroidery Unlimited. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. The show is just getting started right now. We're joined by the VIP Stables' very own Ed O'Connor. Ed, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. How are you? I am great tonight. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, this is going to be uh, the first of a weekly segment about uh, VIP Stables and what exactly VIP Stables has to offer. But first, before we get into that, Ed, Let's tell everybody who uh, the racing fans who may not know who Ed O'Connor is. Who is Ed O'Connor? 
Uh, I am uh, a guy who grew up in Saratoga and used to go to the track, day, the Harness track at night, the thoroughbred track at day during the during when I was in college, and I just fell in love with horses. And when uh, I was a little bit farther along in my career, I wanted to try to get involved, buy into some harness uh, horses, but there weren't any partnerships available at that time. So I figured, well, why not start one on my own? And that's where VIP Stable came from. And it's uh, that was back in 1999, and it's just taken off over the years um about 10 years ago i brought my partner tom james in and it's it's really become a, a labor of love for us we really enjoy working with our partners and the trainers and it's really been something that's been a lot of fun for everybody involved yeah i've had a i had a couple of friends uh originally from the michigan area chicago area and i had a couple of friends that uh invested in the vip stables are very very happy uh with their returns and their success uh, before we get into that, though, Ed, let's talk a little bit more about yourself. Tell us about some of the more successful uh, horses that you've had throughout the, throughout the years. Uh, well, let's start with today's winner. Uh, give a guess and go. I think you uh, yep. remember him. He was the Pennsylvania Sire State champion for two-year-old Trotter and Colts. He's a he's a real special one so far, and we're really happy with him. Um, you know, over the years, we've we've raced a lot of good overnight horses, a lot of good stakes horses. Uh, we've had uh, a lot of luck with. Uh, a horse named River Shark, who raced for a lot of the years for us. He was in the jug. He won over a million dollars for us. Uh, we've had sire stake champions in New York, uh, Pennsylvania and Kentucky, and uh, horses like um, Summer Camp, uh, Hit It Out of the Park. Uh, it just goes on and on. We've had 45 horses make over $100,000 for our partners, and it just keeps going year after year after year. We try to uh, grow a little every year, and, and the last couple of years it's really taken off. So we're, we're really excited to try to reach out and, and find some more owners to bring into the game. What is VIP Stables? And uh, tell us a little bit uh, about how it works. And I know you touched on uh, a little bit about how it began, but uh, talk a little bit about that as well. Uh, yeah, we, we try to make getting into the ownership side of harness raising as easy as possible. Uh, my partner, and I, Tom, and I work with uh, several really good trainers all around the country. Uh, we'll go with them to auctions or, or to private sales or look at uh, claims and buy horses that we like, horses that we think are going to make money because we end up owning a piece of pretty much everything in the barn. Uh, once we've got something, we'll send some notifications to our list of partners, and if they are interested, they can buy in. If they're not, they can pass. Guys can buy you know, 10% of a horse, 20% of a horse, sometimes down to 2.5% of a horse. Uh, we try to make it easy that you know, we take care of all the bills. We collect all the purses. At the end of the month, we send uh, one statement to everybody, and a check if it's a profitable month. They send us a check uh, if it's not a profitable month, which, which happens. It's a tough game. I'm not going to uh, sugarcoat that. Uh, we try to you know, make all the communications as electronic and as easy as possible. You know, we, we send tweets. We send Facebook messages. We have a password-protected area on our website so partners can get some detailed information. Uh, all of our billing is done electronically so people can get their statements kind of immediately and be able to pull them up at any time. So we really go out of our way to try to make it as easy as possible for people to get involved. It's a, it's a tough game, but if guys with us just want to, pick a horse out, show up and watch and race, hopefully get their picture taken. It can be as easy as that. Visiting with Ed O'Connor from the VIP Stables. Uh, Ed was browsing your website a little bit. Tell us how your uh, yearling partnership works. 
Yeah, we've started already uh, buying at the uh, the recently concluded Ohio sale. We're buying in, in Lexington next week as well as Harrisburg, and we're making you know kind of a, a offer this year that we hope will really generate some interest. Uh, you know, every year we try to grow the business, as I said, and and there's no better way to get people involved in some cash. So w- what we're offering is a ten thousand dollar bonus to wow. our partners who uh, buy into yearlings. So it's kind of split into two pools. Five thousand dollars to the guys who have the the best stable of horses. You know, if if you go out and you invest in four or five of our yearlings and they do really well, and you know your horses have the top earners in our barn, you're going to get a slice of that five grand. On the other side, sometimes luck doesn't go everybody's way, so we have a five thousand dollar kind of a consolation prize. You know, we have uh, we have one partner this year who's been involved with nothing but bad luck. This is after years of owning. Sire State champions and some really good horses, but he, he just fell on the, an off year. And, you know, a guy like that might look at the, this bonus offer and say, well, you know, hey, I might get a $2,500 check because I had such a right. bad year as part of the bonus pool. So we look at it as a way to kind of market, but also to give back to our folks. And, Ed, how do we, uh, how do we get involved? Say, for example, uh, some of our listeners uh, like what they hear. They want to get involved with VIP stables. Uh, they want to, uh, hey, they want to try to take advantage of this $10,000 bonus. How can we get involved? It's as easy as just going to our website, www.vipstable.com. There's a contact button. They can email us at info at VIP Stable. They can reach us on Facebook. They can reach us on Twitter. Uh, we try to make it easy, and uh, either my partner Tom or myself will get back to everybody who contacts us and find out where they like to race, what they're interested in, and we can usually find a horse that fits uh, fits the budget and fits the appetite for just about everybody out there. And I do have to tell you, Ed, before we let you go, it was a tremendous effort by Gibbet Gas and Go today. I mean, Pennsylvania State champion uh, looked fantastic, uh, got the half pretty soft, but then really raced home a very good last half today at Harris, Philadelphia. And I have to tell you, Ed, the headwind up the backstretch was probably gusting around 30, 35, 40 miles per hour. It was not uh, very good conditions out there today. Sloppy track, rain, and the uh, Gibbet Gas and Go was very impressive. You certainly got to be happy with this guy. We sure are. Sure are. Uh, our trainer, John Boone, Shane picked him out. He, he, we, we give a lot of leeway to our trainers in picking uh, these horses. They're the experts. And, and John's just done a super job with them. Corey Callahan has done a great job driving them. And he just seems to just keep plugging along. He's. Uh, Kind of pointing towards either the either the, um, the race next week at the Red Mile or perhaps the uh, Keystone Classic. But our big goal for the year is the Breeders' Crown. So trying to keep them fresh and, uh, and ready to go. And with a little bit of luck, we'll uh, be taking aim at the Meadowlands for that big race. All right, Ed O'Connor from the VIP Stables. Ed, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Really looking forward to getting this partnership going, and our listeners are going to hear a lot more from VIP Stables over the next couple of months. Ed, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Thanks a lot. Have a great night. All right, that was Ed O'Connor from the VIP Stables. Uh, Mike Carter will uh, bring you back in, and uh, I'll tell you what, the horse today from the VIP Stables, give it gas and go. That was just an unbelievable effort. Got the half, and I want to say, if my memory serves me correctly, 59 uh, was able to uh, finish the mile up in 56 and change, only a couple of fifths off of his lifetime best. And once again, impressive considering the weather conditions today. I mean, the wind was certainly uh, a lot to deal with. The rain, 
uh, 40-mile-an-hour wind, blowing rain right off the banks of the Delaware. It was not a pretty sight out there, my friend. Yeah, you know, those those horses, they tend to do uh, some incredible things in some weird situations. But, like, the VIP Internet Stable had a couple of Ohio breads do really well this year, and it's a lot of fun to watch them in the sire stakes and watch, you know, people who have never owned a horse come to the winner's circle and say, you know what, I can't believe I'm standing here with my horse. Absolutely. Left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Uh, when we come back, we're going to honor the life of Larry Reinheimer, the trainer of Freaky Feet Pete, who passed uh, away last Saturday. And plus, we're going to hear from Emily Gaskin on the flip side of that from Hoosier Park. She's going to talk a little bit about what Larry Reinheimer meant, uh, not about Central Southern Indiana uh, harness racing, but also to Hoosier Park. So stick around, don't go anywhere. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented. I bet America. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a disqualification. It doesn't get much worse than picking a winner that ends up being disqualified after the race. What if you could eliminate the stress of sweating out a steward's inquiry? At Bet America, we're here to help. Introducing Inquiry Relief. Any winners of a graded stakes race will get paid out even if they are disqualified after a steward's inquiry. Check BetAmerica.com for details and side effects. Get the relief you deserve with Inquiry Relief only at BetAmerica.com. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. And the winner of the 2015 Small Stable Award is Larry Reinheimer. Wake me up when September Congratulations to Larry Reinheimer's Small Stable of the Year. The beginnings of Freaky Feet Pete, and uh, when you guys first laid eyes on him, can you talk a little bit about uh, when you first laid eyes on this great horse? Well, when first we started training, when we started training him down, and he was doing everything right, we trained him with one of the age horses, was getting him ready to race, and all of a sudden I was training him, sitting on the outside, and when we pulled up the end of the mile, I told Marty, I said, we've got something here. Wiggle it, jiggle it, freaky feet, Pete, set to go. It all comes down to this. Three quarters and 124. Wiggle it, jiggle it, freaky feet, Pete to the outside. And the battle is on as they come to the eight pole. It's wiggle it, jiggle it, freaky feet, Pete to the outside is surging. Freaky feet, Pete, wiggle it, jiggle it to the inside. Pete has the edge. Wiggle it, jiggle it. They come to the wire. It's freaky feet, Pete to win in an improbable mile here.
there's something wrong with his cold feet. And I said, well, I said, I never give it a thought. I said, get a hold of Jeff the bat and have him look at it. Jeff said, got laughing. He said, well, go back out and look at him in a couple hours. So he did, and then his feet were okay. So my boy named him Freaky Feet Pete. 22 and 1, and they spin into the stretch. And Lost for Words opens up by three likes now. Freaky Feet Pete on the far outside is powering up now late. Still there, Lost for Words. Freaky Feet Pete is closing a ton on the outside. Lost for Words needs the line. Freaky Feet Pete on the far outside gets airborne late for T-Trick, and it's Freaky Feet Pete to win the Breeders' Crown in the final strides. Limelight Beach on the outside. Sunfire Blue Chip has stalled inside fourth. Rock and Roll World. Freaky Feet Pete pacing away and hiding now. He's out by five. On the inside, some room from Rock and Roll World. Outside is Sunfire Blue Chip, but Freaky Feet Pete in another dimension from these. Freaky Feet Pete by six lengths at the end in 147 and one. Freaky Feet Pete follows up always be Mickey with some sparks of his own here. 147 and 1 fifth. And that'll be a world record for the age group. He loves his work. Yes, he does. Yeah. You go to the track with him and the years go forward, he's looking for a competition. He likes it. Larry Reinheimer, the trainer and co-owner of the Breeders' Crown Champion and the Indiana superstar Freaky Feet Feet, your first visit to the Meadowlands tonight. We appreciate you joining us. LaGrange, Indiana, and I understand when you were young, you actually worked for Del Pletcher in Chicago when he was big time. Is that true? Yep, I worked for him for about seven years. That's how and, I got started. And that's how you got started in the business. And then it was time to raise a family. So you're back home in LaGrange, work in the trailer factory like everybody else, and you start racing ponies. That's what everybody does in northwest Indiana. Yes, they do. Everyone did. And that's how we brought the boys up, racing ponies. And I understand you and Jay Cross and Byron Hooley were like Campbell and O'Donnell and Ron Waples. You won everything in sight in the pony races, right? Well, we sure tried. And, yes. and, a, and a lot of people got started in the ponies. Then when Hoosier Park opened, decided to get back into racehorses. Was that your story, too? Yes, it was. I always told my wife when the kids left, why we'd be back into the standard breads. So. George Teague, trainer of Wiggly Jiggly. My memories of Larry Ronhammer, great guy, great trainer. Every time you meet him, he treated you with a smile. Uh, beautiful wife, Mary Joe, and uh, more than anything else, he, like myself, hit the horse of a lifetime. We just happened to have it at the same time, you know. Um, so definitely will be missed by more than myself. Uh, I'm sure the people in his community are definitely going to miss him, especially that contagious smile that he carries. Hello, Mike and Mike. This is Melissa Keith. I write about harness racing. And Larry Reinheimer was a trainer I had wanted to interview for a recent Hoofbeats magazine article. I was hoping to speak to him about what he thought about world records, in particular the world record of 146 and 1 held by Cambest. I wanted to ask Mr. Reinheimer if he thought this record would fall. So when I left a voicemail, I knew he would be a great interview. 
converted to an automated voice messaging system. Is not available. At the tone, please record your message. My reasons for wanting to connect with Mr. Reinheimer are pretty obvious. His four-year-old world record holder, Freaky Feet Pete. That, of course, was his Ben Franklin elimination win and world record 147-1 for four-year-old Stallion set at Pocono this year. Mr. Reinheimer was generous with his time and sharing his views as the trainer of one of the sport's fastest current performers, and it was clear that Freaky Feet Pete was just his pride and joy. Did he think the world record would fall? But I think it will be broken. You know, I mean, just for the last few years, the speeds have been going. Why, they're going to get better every year. The news of Mr. Reinheimer's passing was a huge shock. I can only imagine the loss to his close friends and family. I was just a journalist who got to speak with him once this summer. Thanks again, Mr. Reinheimer, and nice talking to you. Okay, nice talking to you, too. Bye-bye. Rest in peace, Larry. Thanks, Mike's. Larry, you know, he was just a great horseman, you know, he was a great individual, great family man, and, uh, you know, he tried, had a lot of years of racing, and last few years, finally had a good horse, you know, and it was a life dream for him, and yeah, lucky to be in the Breeders, you know, Breeders' Cup, or the Breeders' Crown, and win that, and, uh, just being able to bring his whole family closer together, and essentially, he's a great family man, and it was just a lot of fun for everybody involved, and I was just glad to be a part of it, you know, and he treated me like family, and I can't ask for no more than that. Just a great, great man. And there it is. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. The last voice you heard was voice of regular driver of Freaky Feet, Pete Trace Dietrich. Right now we're joined by Emily Gaskin from Hoosier Park. Uh, Emily, I wish we were talking under a little bit better circumstances, but uh, certainly uh, – uh, a tragic day last Saturday. Yeah, you know, uh, that's, that's pretty much an understatement. It's It's uh, been felt throughout uh, since last Saturday. It's been pretty somber around here, but, uh, you know, rightfully so. Uh, we lost a lost a, a great, great man, not only here in the state of Indiana, but uh, the harness racing community in general. Just he was truly one of the good guys. And, uh, you know, not only, you know, it is very somber, but at the same time, uh, I think it's it's very important that, you know, we reflect back and, and look on what a great life he did lead and, uh, you know, really look to him uh, as, as an example of, of what you would want to do in, in the sport of harness racing. Emily, obviously uh, the news had broke uh, not long before Freaky Feet Pete took center stage against Always Be Mickey. And Freaky Feet Pete put in a, put in a very strong effort, but, you know uh, the mood. What was the mood like on Saturday? Obviously, after the uh, after the news had broke, and obviously it came just before uh, just before the big race out there. 
Yeah, you know, uh, I, you know, I don't even know if I could find the words uh, to describe what the mood was like. Uh, you know, it was pretty unbelievable. Uh, you know, we were all, you know, uh, it was a very busy night, and uh, we were all, you know, struggling to kind of wrap our brains around it. And, uh, you know, obviously wanted to confirm uh, everything that we were hearing. Uh, you know, when we, we found out there was uh, a gentleman down, and once we found out it was Larry, uh, you know, we were all, all systems on deck. And, uh, you know, once we got the news that he did pass, it was, it was pretty somber and uh, pretty pretty sobering as, as far as that's concerned. Uh, you know, everyone was really unsure how to act. But, you know, in true uh, harness racing fashion, everyone pretty much rallied around Freaky Feet Pete. Uh, you know, the family obviously was at the hospital with Larry, but uh, everyone was just chipping in to get the horse to the track. And uh, safe to say he had uh, – he always has a lot of people cheering for him, Freaky Feet Pete. But uh, Saturday and, as I expect, Friday, you know, the harness racing world will be behind him. Um, like I said, it was, it was very, very somber, very, very tragic. And, uh, you know, uh, but it was, uh, you know, like I said, everyone was really unsure how to act, but, uh, you know, he did go out doing what he loved. And, you know, that's something that, you know, if you're looking for, for the silver lining, I guess that's the way that, uh, everyone was kind of looking, looking at it that way that, you know, he did go out uh, doing what he loved behind his best horse. And, you know, that's, uh, only something that some of us can hope for. Yeah, certainly Larry was uh, the very easy uh, person to root for, and obviously Freaky Feet Pete's a very easy horse to uh, root for. And, you know, the last time we had Larry on the show, Larry said something that was quite interesting. Um, you know, he said when he used to go to breakfast in the morning uh, in the little town of uh, LaGrange, Indiana, people would actually ask him, how's Pete doing? How's Pete doing? So Larry and Pete were true ambassadors for the sport of harness racing and actually created harness racing fans. I mean, a very tough loss, but uh, I know you guys uh, had certainly had to be proud. And I know Larry was certainly proud of, uh, of Pete and uh, now he'll be watching from above. Yeah, that's certainly so, you know, uh, Hats off to Larry, you know, he kind of uh, opened his arms up to and embraced, uh, you know, the fans and everything. And that was something really neat to see, uh, especially here at Hoosier Park. You know, we have a lot of harness racing fans, but just like you said, uh, Freaky VP brought people from all over the state here to Hoosier Park to watch him. And, uh, you know, going back and watching some of his races, it truly was something to see. Uh, you know, it kind of takes you back to the old days watching people go out to the fence just to watch this horse perform. And, uh, you know, hats off to Larry because he embraced that. And, and just like you said, he'd be at breakfast or anytime you caught him, he was willing to talk about Freaky Feet Pete. And uh, just a true, true tribute to, to the man that he was, a very hardworking man. Uh, you know, he dedicated his life to the sport. And to be rewarded with a horse like Freaky Feet Pete, like I said, is, is something that most of us can only dream of. And, uh, you know, that's something that I, uh, you know, kind of keep my head above water about is that, you know, Freaky Feet Pete gave him, uh, you know, the height of his glory and, you know, something that they didn't even imagine. And God graced him with a horse like Freaky Feet Pete. And, you know, he rode it out the whole entire way and, uh, you know, created some new fans and, uh, you know, really brought harness racing to the mainstream, especially here in the state of Indiana. And uh, Larry just embraced that with everything that he was. And uh, that was something neat to see when I went to uh, the calling hours, you know, people just coming in by in the droves to see Larry, not only to pay tribute, you know, to the man that he was, but to everything that he had given to harness racing. And, uh, you know, it was pretty neat to see all of his memorabilia, a guy that's been in the sport, you know, for over 20 years and uh, have all of his memorabilia and uh, to cherish the times that he spent with Freaky Pete was, was truly something special. 
Emily, I know I could speak for everybody at Harris, Philadelphia, when uh, we wish you guys condolences. And I know Mike could speak from everybody at Northfield Park, and we certainly could speak uh, for our families and uh, everybody here at Post Time with Mike and Mike. Condolences to you guys. And, uh, hey, we've got another angel up there watching over us, and uh, I know Larry will be watching over Freaky Feet Pete with uh, a lot of interest come Friday at Dayton. And that's for sure. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you saw it, but, uh, you know, he's been talking about Dayton, racing Wiggle It, Jiggle It again, and he said if he could just draw to the inside, and uh, he did. He drew the rail. So you can't tell me that that wasn't uh, somebody from above working working, working his magic. So uh, very much looking forward to uh, – watching Freaky Feet Pete and continue on the Larry Reinheimer legacy. Emily, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was Emily Gaskin from Hoosier Park. Uh, Mike, obviously not a, a very easy thing to do, not a very easy piece to put together. We got a lot of cooperation from a lot of different people to, uh, to uh, put that together. And obviously from all of us here at post time with Mike and Mike uh, condolences to the fans the friends and the family of uh, Larry Reinheimer who passed away Saturday at Hoosier Park. Uh, and if you just joining the show, if you've missed the beginning of the show, and if you're just joining the show, the post time with Mike and Mike small stable award will now be named after Larry Reinheimer. So from here on forward, however long this lasts, Mike, it will be the post time with Mike and Mike. Larry Reinheimer Small Stable of the Year Award. And that's uh, actually not too far away, coming up in just a few short months. Yeah, it's coming up in a few short months. And uh, we are actually going to chronicle some of Freaky Feet Pete's movements tomorrow. I'm actually going to head to Dayton Raceway uh, tomorrow night to see Freaky Feet Pete race. And for those of you who may have missed the USTA article that came out uh, by Kim French today, um, Jamie McCumber said the last time she talked to Larry about Pete, she and just like Emily said, Pete just needs to draw the rail and wiggle it, jiggle it to the outside. And sure enough, doesn't the draw come out on Monday and Pete's on the rail and wiggle it, jiggle it in post five. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens. And uh, we will have live Twitter coverage for you. Um, <coughs> we're going to try to go uh, through Periscope and Facebook Live and kind of try to catch some reactions uh, from people, but it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully uh, Freaky Feet Pete can get a win for uh, for his dad one more time. All right, make sure you follow us on Twitter and uh, like us on Facebook because we're certainly going to keep you up to date on all the action. The big race tomorrow with Dayton where uh, Freaky Feet Pete will be in action drawing the rail, and actually we're going to talk about that race a little bit later on, Mike, when we go around the horn. Still plenty left to go on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, one of Harness Racing's newest Hall of Fame inductees, uh, Gordon Waterstone. Actually, he's not inducted yet. He's going to be inducted next year, but the announcement has been made. We're going to talk to uh, Gordon Waterstone and talk about all he has accomplished in his storied career coming up in just a few minutes. Plus, uh, we've got uh, our segment, our starting uh, first of many installments uh, with uh, Gabe Pruitt in uh, Pompano Park. Uh, Mike had a chance to sit down uh, with track announcer Gabe Pruitt, and uh, Gabe had a chance to talk a little bit about the, the uh, opening coming up of the 2016 Harness Racing Meet down at Pompano Park. So lots left on this program. Gordon Waterstones in the on-deck circle. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Friends of Maryland Standard Bread is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. 
Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. And right now we're joined by one of Harness Racing's newest Hall of Fame inductees, uh, Gordon Waterstone. Gordon, how are you, sir? Oh, great, great, folks. And thank you for having me on tonight. Yeah, no question about it. The associate editor of the Horseman and Fair World, two-time winner of a, a John Herbie Award for Excellence in Journalism, lots more awards. Uh, I think, Gordon, if we went through all your awards, we'd probably be here till about 9 o'clock. So uh, we're just going to say a multiple award winner. But, uh, you know, Gordon, I got to tell you, a special place in my heart a little bit because uh, you cut your teeth at a place that I spent 10 years at, uh, Hazel Park. But let's go back early in your career. Let's talk about the uh, the, the uh, budding days, if you will, of one Gordon Waterstone. The early days? Well, yeah, I got lucky. I got real lucky getting a job at Hazel Park back in 1979. A friend uh, was using it as a part-time job. He asked me if I was interested. I applied and uh, cutting things short. I got the job and it just uh, it went working on there. You know, I started, it was only three months a year back then, and I took a shot at it and got hired at Northville uh, right away. The next year, uh, Northville Park, John Phillips, the late John Phillips called, and I went there for a little while, came back to Hazel, and it just it just snowballed uh, at Hazel Park through all those years and uh, and uh, some time at Northville Downs. And uh, I consider myself very, very lucky because I, I have never considered this a job. It's always just a, it's just been a fun experience. So I thought, wow, I'm going to be at the track anyways, you know, betting the races. Why not get paid for it? Now, Gordon, uh, you do uh, you you work closely with HarnessRacing.com, and you know you write many, many, many fantastic publications. But you, you're never afraid to ask the tough questions. Uh, where where does that uh, where does that part of you come from, and uh, uh, you know how did you get started in writing? Well, I actually had no background in writing. I, I learned learned on the fly uh, at Hazel Park writing the stories, uh, the weekly wrap ups for the for the trade magazines and. And you kind of get better and better as you do it. It's it's, it's repetition. So and as being, I try to be fair. That's what, uh, especially Kathy Parker, my boss, who you, you had on a few weeks ago. You know, we try to be fair, and, and I think that we get we have the respect of the horseman because you know we write, uh, uh, try to be truthful. We try to write the facts. We try not to to, to follow up rumors and innuendo and stuff like that. And uh, it, it's worked. I said uh, we have a lot of uh, uh, high esteem. It seems like uh, horsemen are, are not afraid to, to, to uh, answer the phone when we call. You know, the day of caller ID, if they see your number, they don't have to answer, but but they always do. Mike, maybe that's they never. That's why they never answer our phone. 
Yeah, right. Hey, uh, Gordon, you, know, you, you, you found that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, we just get the instant hang-up. They answer, though, they, they hang up. <laughs> Gordon, uh, you mentioned somebody uh, by the name of Kathy Parker. We did have her on this show a couple of weeks ago, and it was a very, very interesting conversation. As far as I'm concerned, and I think you could probably agree that she is certainly one of the unsung heroes of the sport of harness racing. Tell us about your first experiences with Kathy and, you know, Hey, how you guys work together and, uh, you know, do the great things that you guys do. Boy, Kathy and our, our relationship goes back to probably my beginning days at Hazel park, uh, back 79 and 80, 81, those days when I started writing the magazine, we, you know, somehow we became friends, you know, her husband, Dan Kuhn, uh, who takes care of all the racetracks with his, with his brother, Craig and their, and their late dad, Chuck, I mean, they're from Michigan, so when they got married in Michigan, I even went to their wedding uh, in, in Detroit. So it just seemed like the thing, things fell into place. You know, I left Hazel Park, and then you came in, Mike, uh, uh, and you filled in some um, big shoes there. When you came in, you filled in for Jack Riggs, who was one of the one of the all-time great announcers when Jack retired. Now, that's tough to fill in, and you, and you did admirably back then but uh you know our relationship forged on kathy and when when uh, an opportunity came in 1998 she asked me if i'd be interested in in, in joining the ranks at horseman and fairwold and uh i said sure why why not let's go for it so i moved to lexington i'd never been to, even been to lexington i never even went to the meet before i before i made the trip down here to take the job and and uh i love it i love it what a great little city this is and it's it's a little city that, that wants to be a big city but it's a great town now, Gordon, what is next for you? Uh, obviously, you've won all sorts of awards. You're now in the Hall of Fame. Uh, is there much more that you want to accomplish in your career? Next for me? I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. We're, you know, I, I gotta, we got to get to the Grand Circuit meet at the Red Mile. You know, like, like I said before, what it, this isn't a job. I'm sitting here at the Red Mile. The races are going on. The, i got friends. I just... I just ran into Melanie Wren, uh, Peter Wren's wife, who I've known from those early days back in Michigan. I get to see a lot of horses that I don't see every year. So, I mean, and uh, what a what a great way to to, to do this and to, and still get paid for it. No question. Visiting visiting live with Gordon Waterstone. Gordon, one of the uh, more entertaining things, I think, in the sport of harness racing uh, is your backstretch articles. Uh, had a chance to read it today and, and obviously can't wait for the next uh, one to come out as uh, you've got a little bit of suspense going. But uh, talk about how that got started. And uh, for those of our listeners that don't know anything about it, uh, tell them what it is and uh, where they can find it. Well, this is the, this is actually the 14th year I've done this, and 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 back yonder, Kathy said to me, "Why don't you go out to the Red Mile in the morning, walk around, just write what you see?" And I said, "Well, all right, I'll try it. it you know, great, it gets me out of the office." So I did, and and it was it became popular, and then that was back when the the gas prices started rising. So I started put people, you know, about the gas prices. So I even started putting the gas prices in, and that became like. You know, that's like my middle name. So, and it's Boone. You know, you can read it during the meet every day, www.harnessracing.com on our website. I walk through. I tell people what I did the night before, if I went out and who I socialized with. I don't give all the details because some things, you know, you, you just you just can't divulge. Um, but I try, and it's like this morning I walked around, and I, I've learned people are actually coming up to me just to say hello so they get a mention. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's been a really kick. So, but who would ever thought that, Someday, someday years from now on my gravestone, whatever it says, 
you know, it'll say your birth year, your birth year, the date of your death, and it's also going to get whatever the gas price that day is. That's what I said. That's the way it's going to work out. <laughs> there you are. Well, listen, uh, we certainly appreciate you joining us. One final question before we let you go. Um, obviously, uh, on top of all the awards, uh, you're now going to be uh, in the uh, Hall of Fame. Tell us uh, from a personal level uh, what you felt when you heard the news and how it feels uh, to be uh, honored uh, with, with such a lot of great names. Well, from somebody that, who never even thought they'd be in racing and, and as it went on, I never thought about the awards and it's, you know, and I've been very, very lucky and honored from a lot of awards, a couple of writing awards, Michigan horsemen gave me some awards and uh, the Harness Horse International. It's just, it's just been overwhelming. And then, then the news this when that, you know, Tim Bojarski, the U S Harness Riders president called, uh, last week and, and said, told me I had been elected. It was just, you know, I thought, well, you know what, this isn't about awards, but you know what, this is really, really nice. You know, I thought back to my dad who passed away in 1994. He was actually the one that brought me to the to the racetrack. The thoroughbreds actually out at uh, Detroit Racecourse in Hazel Park to start with, but uh, I, nighttime sport harness racing was more to my liking. So it was just great. It was just great for my family. I've heard from uh, some relatives that I haven't heard from. I heard from high school friends. It's just uh, elementary school friends even it's just it's just been very very nice and uh, to go up there with uh, my good friend Steve Wolf uh, who I've known from day one and and, uh, and a driver who's helped make my career Brian Sears who's another one of those guys who always answers the phone and if he doesn't he'll call back so uh, I'm honored I'm honored I'm just and and it's been overwhelming the, the congratulations and tonight I've got to go out the eight races they named it my honor at the Red Mile and that's you know, I think it's the first time I've ever had a race named in my honor. So it's just it's very gratifying and humbling, I can, I can tell you that. Yeah, well, certainly, Gordon, we certainly appreciate you joining us on behalf of all of us here at Post Time with Mike and Mike and, and my family. And I'm sure, uh, you know, I can speak for Mike Carter and his family. Uh, congratulations on a, a, a job well done and certainly an award that was uh, most deserving, my friend. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on anytime, Mike. You know that. Uh, uh, you're, you're, you're doing a great job with this, with this show. I've been, it's a, it's much appreciated in the industry from the, you know, people have told me that. So good job. Keep it up. All right. Thank you, Gordon. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. All right. That was Gordon Waterstone. And Mike, uh, like I say, I'm in kind of a special place in my heart because, uh, Gordon, I, I came in at Hazel Park right after, well, maybe not right after, but soon after Gordon Waterstone had left. And Gordon spent a lot of those years at Hazel Park. And, uh, of course, I was uh, not too far after him. But, uh, boy, uh, just a long-storied, fantastic career. And I'll tell you, Mike, not a lot of people, no matter what profession you're in or if you're involved in sports or whatever, uh, make it to the Hall of Fame. And that is a great, great honor and uh, certainly an elite group. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the name list goes on and on. Sam McKee, Roger Houston, now Gordon Waterstone and Steve Wolf and those guys. And, you know, to be named a Hall of Famer in anything is uh, is definitely an awesome thing. Yeah, it certainly is. You think we'll make it there one day, Mike? Yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah. 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 You, you, know, well, you, you know, listen, you don't have your speech support. written up already, though. You probably got your speech written up already. Listen, it's already on my iPad, brother. You probably have it memorized. Wait, hold on, wait. Listen, listen. No, no. Not only do I have it memorized, I got a two dollar show bed attached to it. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, listen, you're going to miss your Hall of Fame speech because you got to make a $2 show bet, and that's how it's going to go down. But uh, that's no, right. we certainly appreciate <laughs> We certainly appreciate Gordon joining us. Hey, still a lot to go left on this program. We still have Darren Zocali to hear from. And, uh, you know, we're going to – we got into – I have to tell you, Mike, this is – I had a chance to sit down and talk with Darren yesterday. And this, uh, this was a little bit of an interesting conversation because, you know, Mike, uh, Mike, whenever you start to talk to somebody, especially who's very passionate about the industry, about marketing, it usually gets – I don't want to say touchy, but it usually gets a little interesting, put it that way. So you're not going to want to miss this uh, interview with uh, Darren Zocali. You had a chance to uh, uh, write an article. Now, Mike, did you have a chance to read that article about Wiggle It, Jiggle It? I did. I had a chance to read the article. In fact, I told Darren it was a very well written, and uh, you know, the the we want everybody to know. I haven't heard this interview yet. Only Mike has, and so it doesn't directly. <laughs> Uh, reflect what we believe, but I got to say it was a very well-written article and uh, he makes some very valid points. Well, Darren's very passionate about the industry and, you know, listen, I told him before, uh, I told him before I, I hit the recorder, I said, listen, I said, you know, what you say, we're going to play, and that's exactly what uh, we're going to do here in a few minutes. So Darren Zocali, now with TVG, is going to talk uh, to us a little bit about uh, that article that he wrote about Wiggle It, Jiggle It. Also, Gabe Pruitt is going to be joining us and uh, the Pompano Park track announcer, Isle of Capri, Pompano Park track announcer, in our first of many installments in a series about the Pompano Park. And, Mike, what great things they have done down there. Uh, Brett Rebington, uh, Greg DeFrank, uh, Gabe Pruitt, them guys have just done an outstanding job of, to be quite honest with you, making Pompano Park relevant again. Yeah, they've done a fantastic job. And, uh, Mike, I'm actually going to try to get down there, uh, I think, in February. They've got a big stakes uh, big stakes weekend. So it'll be uh, interesting to see uh, if maybe we can get down there and, you know, kind of see what Pompano is like. And uh, they went through a hard time last year. They battled decoupling, uh, at least for last year. And, uh, you know, they, they're coming through it with their heads high after the sale to El Dorado. So it's going uh, to be interesting to see what happens down there. Mike, if you're flying – no, wait a minute. Let me re- let me let me turn that around. If you're buying, <laughs> I'm flying. <laughs> Sounds like a plan, brother. When we come back, it's Darren Zocali on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Here at the stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At the stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. This is your Maryland Minute. The Maryland Minute is brought to you by Friends of Maryland Standardbreds. The Maryland Horse Council invites equine enthusiasts to an evening at the races at Rosecroft Raceway on Thursday, October 20th. The evening includes dinner with the Maryland Horse Council in the dining room overlooking Rosecroft's 5-8 Mile Harness Racing Oval. 
Attendees will be served appetizers and enjoy the finish line buffet. In addition to exciting live harness racing, guests will hear from a trio of speakers from the horse industry. They include Ted Black, a racing analyst and sports writer who has covered harness racing in the Mid-Atlantic region for over 30 years, Corey Callahan, one of the country's leading drivers and the winner of nearly 5,000 races and $68 million in purses, and Sal Sinatra, president and general manager of the Maryland Jockey Club. Guests will also be treated to paddock tours and have the opportunity to ride in the starting car. The event is sponsored by B&D Builders, The Equiary, Mid-Atlantic Farm Credit, Days End Farms, Agape Pet Services, Marabidco, and the Maryland Thoroughbred Horsemen's Association. Tickets are $35 for members of the Maryland Horse Council and $50 for non-members. For more information, visit www.mdhorsecouncil.org or email admin at mdhorsecouncil.org. Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Right now, we're joined by Darren Socali from TVG. Darren, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Oh, it's always good to be on with you guys. Now, Darren, you wrote a very, very good article uh, for uh, DRFHarnessRacing.com, uh, and basically, what we're talking about here is Wiggle It, Jiggle It. Now, obviously, Wiggle It, Jiggle It is a horse that um, has accomplished a lot in his young career. He is a horse that uh, is extremely marketable for the sport of harness racing. And basically, your position in the article, Darren, is that uh, maybe something should be done more to promote this great horse. And, and I happen to agree with you. Tell us a little bit about the article, what inspired you to write the article, and uh, you know your observation of Wiggle It, Jiggle It in general. Sure, uh, Mike. And again, thanks for having me on. I, I certainly have understood... Uh, growing up in, in the horse racing business and working uh, in harness racing for, for many years where it's difficult to market on terms of a, a not only a, a mainstream sports scale, but even trying to cross over into the world of thoroughbred racing and try to attract some of the thoroughbred attention and some of the thoroughbred betting dollars. And I certainly understand that it is a very challenging thing to do. But the, the position is that here is a horse who basically markets himself, and he does that by racing week in, week out, not just at the Meadowlands, not just at Pocono Downs, not just up at Mohawk. The horse is literally on a tour of not only the United States but Canada, whether he's racing in Quebec, Ontario, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York. I mean, the horse is just shipped all over the place, week in and week out, and everyone comes out to see this horse in harness racing. And nothing is being done to, to try to get this horse to cross over in, into the mainstream media or even into thoroughbred racing. And, and the horse is seemingly doing it himself because working for TVG as I do and, and dealing with a lot of different people in thoroughbred racing, I am constantly asked by people, I, I, you see this, this horse wiggle and jiggle, he's, he's incredible. I mean, yeah, all he does is go out every week and he wins and he's second every week and the horse is never off the board and, you know, he's made almost $4 million in it's, and, and there is legitimate thoroughbred interest in this horse. 
and yet we're not doing anything to to exploit that. We're not doing anything to to try to use this horse to gain even more traction. And it just seems like a total lost opportunity because it's not like to sit down in a meeting with a bunch of marketing experts and try to come up with some kind of a crazy idea to do it. The horse is standing right in front of you. You know, just just use them however you want. Hire a marketing person. Say, here's a horse that everybody's in with. Come up with an idea to, to promote them in, into thoroughbred racing and into mainstream sports. And I'm sure they can come back with a list of things to do. But somehow that that just hasn't happened yet. And, and I'm just completely baffled by it. Darren, that's one of the things that you've done to accompany this article is that over the last couple of days, you've put some polls on Twitter, and basically you've tried to ask uh, Thoroughbred fans exactly what they think of Wiggle It, Jiggle It, and what exactly have we found from those polls that you put up, Darren? So yeah, there's almost 250 responses, and basically over over 50% of the Thoroughbred fans that follow me on Twitter, um, they have voted that they are a fan of Wiggle It, Jiggle It, uh, to the point where the majority of them have selected, uh, yes, I'm a fan, and I think he's amazing. And in addition to that, they also have said that they are watching more harness racing just because of this horse, and not just his races. But this horse has piqued somewhat of an interest in harness racing for these people. Because reasons being, they are very interested in the fact that a horse can perform at this level every single week because in thoroughbred racing they're not used to seeing that they're used to seeing their best horses race six times a year maybe every other month and here they can watch this horse every week it's like a thing to do and they're fascinated by it there are people in thoroughbred racing that have said to me can you imagine if we had a, a thoroughbred who did this how, how much we could do for thoroughbred racing if we had a horse that raced Every even every other week and, and all over the country and you know was racing in Delaware on a Monday night the amount of people that would come out to see this horse and, and it just shocks me that harness racing just I mean they promote you know within our own circle they tweet about them you know within our own circle and, and they post articles on all the different harness racing media websites but there's nothing mentioned outside of that and and I just I just don't understand how that's possible. Darren, one of the, uh, you know, there's actually a couple of things about this horse, and even if you talk about from promoting him from a mainstream point of view, first of all, he's got the name. I mean, Wiggle It Jiggle It is about as catchy of a name as you're going to find when you're trying to promote, uh, you know, this sport to younger people or people that might not be otherwise interested in the sport. And second of all, You've got the people. I mean, Montreal Teague just picked up his 1,000th driving win. I mean, you know, listen, for all intents and purposes, and, uh, you know, don't take this the wrong way, but, I mean, he's a good-looking guy. He's certainly a marketable character. He's in his younger 20s. George Teague is probably one of the most accessible, if not more media-friendly people that you're ever going to meet in this sport. So you've got some marketing tools there. Uh, that you could certainly, you know, market a horse like Wiggle It, Jiggle It. I guess my question is, and this always comes about when we talk about marketing this sport, is 
Whose responsibility is it? Where does the responsibility lie? So, Darren, I'll ask you, when it comes to marketing this horse, in your opinion, where does the responsibility lie? In my opinion, it lies in, I would say, three major places. The first place being the United States Trotting Association and being the, well, not the governing body by any means of harness racing, but kind of being like the central core, like the NTRA is to, to thoroughbred racing and really, you know, doing a lot of different things with media and, and everything. I, I think it's certainly on them. I think it's on every single racetrack to get together, pony up money, and I also think it's on the horsemen. And you hit the nail on the head. You know, a horse with a cool name. There's no controversy. I mean, how many how many sports would love to have a superstar that's got no controversy? He's good with the media. Everybody loves him. I mean, it's it's like I said, it's like having Derek Jeter. I mean, you know, the connections are loved by everybody in harness racing. The driver's a great story. There's no human element that's controversial at all. They're all wonderful people. The horse is fantastic. He's got a great name. What more could you possibly ask for than, than, than to have this horse market himself? And, and all you need to do is spend the money, hire somebody, hire a firm outside of harness racing, give them all the information and say, what do you think we should do and pay them? And, and nobody's even done that. And I just, I, I mean, if this is not something that you think you can use to market your sport outside of the boundaries of harness racing, I, I just don't know what left what is left that, that is going to accomplish what you want to accomplish. Visiting with Darren Zocali from DBG. Darren, uh, I'll ask you one more question before we let you go. And listen, everybody's got opinions on how we should best market the sport. And I think this is a fantastic article with Wiggle It Jiggle. I do agree with you 100%. I think that there is a, you know, we're possibly sitting on a, a pot of gold here. And uh, for all intents and purposes, we really don't know what to do with it. But uh, let me ask you this. You know, there have been a lot of different ideas in general that have gone about to market the sport. Uh, obviously, you know, because of the state we're in, a lot of them have been unsuccessful. Um, you know, from your experiences in the sport, and you're a young guy, and you can speak for a generation that I believe that we've lost in this business. From your point of view, what, are, what do you think that are some of the things in general that harness racing can do to uh, make itself relevant again? For starters, I mean, you know, it's, I don't even know if it's possible anymore, but the sport has to get together and they have to lower takeout rates and you need, and you need to accommodate your betters because you're not offering a product that a harness player can survive in uh, and not only turn a profit, but even break even long term. Uh, you know, to have racetracks offering 30% takeout rates when they have casinos funding their purse accounts is, is, it's just criminal, to be honest with you. It just it just makes absolutely no sense mathematically and financially. And and before you even worry about going out into mainstream and trying to come up with ideas to, to market the sport from a general perspective, take care of the people that are actually interested in your sport and figure out the best way to put forth an optimum wagering format and an optimal uh, takeout plan because nobody's done that yet. I mean, it starts with the betters. And then from there... I, I mean, I, I've been banging my head against the wall for years. The fact that there's one race on national television and, and the argument that you get is, is so archaic because it comes from 
you know, people that have been in this business for so long who just think that, well, you know, if you can't get the race on NBC in prime time, it's not worth it. But, I mean, I got news to you. The Breeders' Crown in the 1980s was on ESPN, and ESPN back then was showing, you know, weightlifting competitions and strongman competitions. And, and they were, while they weren't a joke, they weren't anything close to what ESPN is now. So take advantage of the fact that the CBS Sports Networks of the world and the NBC Sports Networks of the world and the Fox Sports Ones of the world are building a following. And before they price you out of the possibility, get on those networks. Come up with a, with a racing series for 10 weeks, 12 weeks, 20 weeks, where on Fridays or Saturdays or any day you alternate race days, you alternate tracks. You get the, the sport on a local TV network that you don't have to be a horse racing fan to find because, I mean, I work for TVG. I think it's a fantastic network, but and let's be honest. If you're watching TVG, you're already a horse racing fan. It's not like somebody who's never watched a horse race is suddenly going to have an epiphany and say, hey, let me see what this TVG channel is all about. But if they're going through sports networks and they happen to come across a horse race on NBC Sports Network or CBS or any of those channels, Maybe they watch it. Maybe it's an exciting race. Maybe they stick around they watch the program. Maybe they make a note and say, you know what, let me record the next series and see if this is something interesting that I want to keep watching. I, I mean, it, it starts with television. You know, online video streaming is going to be the wave of the future. They have to come up with a plan, stream major stakes races in one place so that it's easy to find online on a universal website that you don't have to go to an advanced deposit wagering site to find. And, and, and by all means, please, somebody hire a marketing firm uh, to go out there and brainstorm and come up with ways to market the sport to the general public because there's nobody in the sport right now remotely close to coming up with a plan to do it. And, I mean, look, wiggle and jiggle is not going to be around forever. I, by all means, if you don't take advantage of this horse now and use them as a marketing tool, and, you know, I'm sure the Teagues would be happy to help in any way that they can and, and would give you access to anything you need to do it. Uh, I, I really don't know what's left because, like I said in the article, you know, you got a walking marketing tool right there on the racetrack every week, and, and nobody knows what to do with it. Yeah, and Darren, real quick, before we let you go, yeah. where could we follow your articles? Uh, where could we find you on uh, social media and all that? Sure. I mean, every other week, uh, drf.com slash harness. Um, usually uh, my article will be in the DRF Harness newsletter, so if you haven't signed up, go to DRF Harness website and sign up for the newsletter. It's similar to Harness Racing Update. It comes out once a week on Friday mornings. And uh, on Twitter, you could follow me uh, at, uh, at the track 7, uh, at the track and, and the number 7. Uh, and, um, you know, I try to put some stuff out there uh, with happenings in, in racing and keep people up to date on both thoroughbred harness racing and, and pretty much everything as well. So um, that's where you can find me. And, um, again, I appreciate you having me on. Hopefully something good comes from it. Again, a very interesting conversation there Mike Bozich had with Darren Zakali. Again, the uh, opinions there don't necessarily reflect uh, how we feel, but Mike, uh, he made some uh, made some good points, and you know, there, there's uh, you know, we've got to figure something out, and I think Wiggle and Jiggle it might be the way around it. Yeah, there certainly is uh, a lot of valid points that Darren made during the course of that conversation. It was a great article, a very well-written article. If you have a chance to check it out, do so at at DRF Harness. Uh, You know, Darren's absolutely right. I mean, here you've got a horse like Wiggle It Jiggle It. I mean, 
he write the story writes itself. Wiggle it, jiggle it's the name. You've got Montrell Teague, who's a great story, a great young driver, somebody that certainly can be marketable to the new generation. And you've got George Teague. I mean, how good has the Teague family been to us, Mike? I mean, any time that we've ever asked them to be on this show uh, or to do anything for us, it's yes first. It doesn't matter what they have going on. It's yes first. They have been very, very good to us. Uh, and the horse is obviously very, very good. Um, you know, Darren brought up some other interesting points. I mean, personally, you know, and I'm just going to touch on this for a couple of seconds, and then we got to get in the game because we're running short on time. Um, but the takeout thing, I'm, I'm not so sure that that is one of the extremely huge problems that racing faces. I, I know a lot of people are very, very adamant about takeout. Um, you know, I'm just not one of them guys. Not to say that it couldn't help. Um, and maybe you could make some adjustments here and there with maybe some of your huger wagers, but I don't know. I, I'm just one of the people that think that there are a lot of other problems that, that harness racing faces uh, before we deal with takeout. Yeah. You know, Mike, there, there's uh you know, it, it, it's a fine, fine line that I'm really not going to get into, but you know, it, it's it, racing. There's a lot of problems and I, you know, I think, uh, you know, there there's a lot of places and a lot of tracks that are doing what they can to, you know, attempt to try to fix the problem. And I think, you know, you know, we got to follow their lead and kind of go from there. Absolutely. And listen, I mean, one of the things I think that, that racetracks and everybody has to do is listen. I mean, I think we should listen to you know, some of the younger people and, and trying to get some of these ideas and, and try to uh, implement them and, or do the best that we can within means to implement them, um, you know, to, to try to protect the sport. Because obviously, like I say, I mean, we're here to positively promote the sport of harness racing, but listen, we don't have our heads in the sand either. We know that there are a lot of problems that this sport has uh, to deal with. And, uh, and listen, we, we try to, you know, mention them and we try to, you know, positively try to find a way to, you know, just some ideas to try to help. And, uh, but we, anyway, we appreciate Darren uh, joining us and I'm sure we'll hear from Darren in the future, but speaking of the future, we've got a, an interview coming up, Mike, with a, a very good young announcer. You talk about one of the guys that, that I think uh, is definitely got a big future ahead of him in this sport and is one of the trailblazers is a, a young man by the name of Gabe Pruitt. And he's going to be, uh, you had a chance to sit down with him. It's going to be the first of our long series. Uh, you're going to be hearing about Pompano Park all winter and for great reason because they have just done an outstanding job with their product. And uh, you had a chance to sit down with Gabe Pruitt. And we are going to hear that interview next on Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Hello, this is Kayla Straw, and I'm here to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It is the fastest growing legal, safe, and secure website to place all your bets on horse racing. Bet America covers over 200 racetracks from North America, the UK, and my home country, Australia. New players to Bet America receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way. Friends of Maryland Standard Bread is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, 
working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. We're joined now by Gabe Pruitt, the track announcer of one of our newest sponsors, I.O. Pompano and Park. And Gabe, uh, you guys open up on Sunday to a fantastic 12-race program. You've got a great card put together. Talk to us a little bit about what's going on uh, on opening weekend. Yeah, we're really um, happy and uh, proud, actually. Uh, we opened up our 53rd season of racing on Sunday night. We ended up having a uh, decent amount of horses, obviously, the we move into the winter season. We'll have more and more horses show up in South Florida, but we're happy with what we've got to this point. We actually have uh, 12 races on the betting card Sunday night, one uh, Sunshine State off the card, and then we follow that up on Tuesday night with a 13-race uh, program. So solid numbers to kick up the season. Now, Gabe, talk to us a little bit about the Sunday evening card. Uh, you've got some Sunshine Stakes that we talked about uh, a little off the air, and uh, a couple of good races, you know, a couple of five-horse fields to kick it off, but you have an eight-horse field in race number four, and it seems like a very good betting program all in all. Yeah, you know, the uh, numbers aren't obviously as strong as we'd like to see them in the uh, Florida Bread program. Uh, we had, do have a one-off the uh, card. We like to have at least five in the field um, before we do add them to the uh, wagering program, but uh, it allows us to see some uh, youngsters, as we see mainly a lot of raceway horses in South Florida, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, you said it, probably the uh, best betting event will be the uh, fourth race on the Sunday night. That is for the uh, three-year-old trotting Colts, actually. It's an eight-horse field and a competitive group, and uh, yeah, it's always fun to have them, and we've seen some horses uh, compete out of that Florida program. Uh, you'll see uh, the Prairie Sweetheart, I'm sure the uh, Philly you've heard of that's been racing up east, uh, I believe she's still undefeated for Trader Mike Dieter. She's won at Yonkers, Pocono, paced, uh, I believe, sub-50. And um, so occasionally we will see a horse uh, exit that program and uh, have a lot of success uh, across the country. Now, taking a look at your open one, Gabe, uh, it's a field of five. And even though it's a small field, it's a very competitive field of five. All Steinem has shown, shows a mark of 149 this year, coming off nine victories off 32 starts, just under 50,000 in the bank. Uh, talk to us uh, maybe a little bit about uh, which, how, how you kind of see this uh, shape it up for you. Well, I would like all Steinem in there. I think uh, he probably is going to be the one to beat uh, John McDonald, going to be in town here uh, early in the season. I believe the last couple of years he actually hasn't been here uh, at the start of the season, but I think he will be very high up on the uh, driver and trainer standings, for that matter, all season long here in South Florida. You've got uh, Hilly Billy, who is uh, just a Florida veteran. Uh, our regular fans are going to know him. He's got the rail rocking touch. As opposed to Mickey McNichol, the veteran trainer driver, he actually acquired Rocket Touch late in the season last year, and uh, he did have a win there, popping on 51 and change, and then uh, Smack Talk, Team Captain, they round out the field. Like you said, a short field, but uh, the folks that did show up early, they're going to be rewarded. A five-horse field, and you're going for good money. Uh, we know the numbers are going to get stronger. We have more horses arriving uh, throughout the winter, but it uh, should be a great uh, open event to kick it off. Now, Gabe, the purse structure there seems very, very strong, and it's highlighted again on Tuesday with the 13-race card, and it's full fields. That's the one thing about Pompano uh, starting now and racing through the winter is they have some great betting fields. And uh, Talk to us a little bit about uh, what's going on Tuesday. Well, that's what we're really proud of. Uh, in fact, uh, 
are the uh, wagering opportunities. Uh, and again, uh, a lot of the fields aren't as strong as we would like them to be here early in the season as we open up just a two night per week schedule. We race Sundays and Tuesdays through the uh, month of October. Once November gets here, we add Mondays. And then uh, a few weeks later on, we'll actually, in fact, be in our peak season. We'll be racing five nights per week, and we'll have uh, nearly 10, 11 races every single night, full fields, great uh, gambling opportunities. You know, it seems like each and every night, uh, Mike, we have uh, carryovers into the card, the uh, pick five, a, a $1 minimum wager. That starts in the opener. We're adding a, a 50 cent pick six this season. We've got uh, the pick four back with only a 12% takeout. That starts out with a $7,500 guaranteed pool. It starts with the sixth race each and every night. We have a pit of factor and then we have a jackpot high size. So we have a lot of wagers that we can offer uh, carryover opportunities and usually night in, night out with the uh, volume of race dates uh, that we go. You almost always have uh, excellent uh, opportunities just to pop up uh, again on a nightly basis. Now, Gabe, talk to us a little bit about the difference between your Pentafecta wager and your jackpot high five. For some people who may be listening and, uh, you know, they may not understand the difference between the two wagers on your program. Well, really, it is essentially the same wager. It's just in terms of how it's paid out. The Pentafecta is the fourth race of every night, and you must select the top five finishers in order, 20-cent minimum play. But the uh, Pentafecta is very similar to the high five, say, at Northfield Park. We pay it out uh, regardless of our many winning tickets. If uh, no one has the Pentafecta, uh, the top five finishers, then we carry that over into the next program's fourth race. So it is essentially just a uh, high five wager, no jackpot. Uh, again, we pay it out uh, regardless of the number of winning tickets, and if no one has it, we carry it over. And then, of course, the uh, jackpot high five, which uh, we have had a lot of success with um, in South Florida for whatever reason. It's just uh, an extremely popular wager with us. It's featured in the last race of each and every car. We always typically like to have one of our cooler uh, fields involved. And it is a uh, jackpot wager. You must have the only winning ticket to get the entire pool. And, of course, if there are multiple winning tickets, we pay 50% out to the consolation. We put 50% out to the uh, the carryover. And we've had uh, a lot of success with those jackpots. Uh, you know, we had some major six-figure payouts last season. And then, of course, our mandatory nights in the last couple of years have been huge on the uh, jackpot uh, high five. So essentially it's the same wager. You must like the top five finishers, 20 cent minimum again, but uh, it's just in terms of how each is paid out. Now, Gabe, you guys have a very, very strong season coming up, and we're going to be talking to you each and every week. We're going to kind of highlight what's coming up in the week coming up, and we're also going to kind of recap just a little bit. So it'll be a, it'll be a lot of fun, and uh, we're talking about the potential. I may come down for your uh, big stakes night in uh, – you know, later on in the season. So it should be a lot of fun, but we're really excited to have you guys on board with us and uh, to have you on each week. We're excited to be on the show. We're excited to get back to rolling for another great season, and uh, we expect the wager numbers to be strong and a great spot to uh, follow on a regular basis throughout the winter when some of the uh, East Coast racing slows down. So we uh, do invite everyone to uh, join us and then follow us regularly at uh, Pompano Park. All right, that's Gabe Pruitt, the track announcer at Pompano Park. We're going to take a short time out. When we come back, you've got more from Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Get a huge boost to your bankroll for all of summer's best racing at Bet America. All new players can double their first deposit up to $300 with Bet America's 100% deposit bonus. That's the biggest sign up bonus in the industry. Sign up today and start playing the Bet America way. 
Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. Around the horn is the easiest way, the better way, and that is how we will go. Anything more? Are you frightened to go around the horn, Mr. Christian? Are you a coward too, sir? This is where we go around the horn. Mike Bozich alongside of Mike Carter. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. And uh, Mike, obviously, it is going to be in a very emotional event come Friday. But before we go around the horn, uh, Mike, let's talk a little bit about where you are going to be tomorrow night. Yeah, I'm going to be out at Dayton Raceway tomorrow night. It's my first trip out to Dayton, and I'm really, really excited. I get to cross another racetrack off of the list of tracks I've never been to. I'm going to go see our friend Barry Vicroy, and I get to take in uh, both of these races. Actually, that's where we're going to start around the horn, Mike, is at Dayton Raceway. And the uh, first of two Grand Circuit races is in race 10. It's the $160,000 Dayton Trotting Derby, and it features a field of nine. Homicide Hunter might get post number nine uh, tonight. Or, well, uh, tomorrow night, Shake It Terry gets post three. Is coming in off of a uh, tough effort in the Maple Leaf Trot against Resolve and Hanover. Hanover. Shake It Terry, Mike, just hasn't been to top form as of late. Only one win, 14 starts uh, this season. Crazy Wow gets a good draw to the inside, but it's, I think it's going to be tough to beat Homicide Hunter from post nine. Well, I'll tell you what, you certainly have to realize that number five, Abrogado, uh, getting that big post shift from post eight at Yonkers. Uh, sixth place finish was the favorite against the likes of Miladies Monet and Alaraz Star. You just have to think, Mike, that post date from Yonkers is too tough. Uh, a couple of starts before that in the Crawford Farms at uh, Vernon Downs beat Resolve. I think with the better post, I think five Abrogados clearly the one to beat in here. But wow, what a great, great race! Hundred sixty thousand dollar purse, and uh, it's going to be a good one. But I think number five Abrogado is the one, Mister Carter. Race number 11 is the $150,000 Dayton Pacing Derby, and Mike, the sentimental favorite, is the one freaky feed Pete. Jamie McCumber picks up the training duties, and she has said uh, numerous times to numerous people, this is not a permanent thing. This is just to help to get the, get the family through a uh, through a tough time. And, of course, they're going to want to win this race for Larry Reinheimer, who passed away this week. Always be Mickey, draws post number two, Mike. And, of course, you have Wiggle It Jiggle It from post five. You know, I, I believe in divine intervention. I think, you know, maybe Freaky Feed Pete's going to have a shot here from the rail. Um, if Always Be Mickey gets contested early with Wiggle It Jiggle It and Trace Teacher can work out a pocket trip, I think Freaky Feed Pete's got a very good shot to trip out from the rail. 
Yeah, certainly. Uh, we talked about Larry Reinheimer wanting to desperately a good inside draw with Frankie Pete, Pete, and I think he has one here. And you've got always be Mickey with Wiggle It Jiggle. It's certainly the opportunity for a good inside trip for Frankie Feet Pete. And uh, listen, I mean, you've got the great always be Mickey. You've got the great Wiggle It Jiggle It. But uh, I, I, I'm with you. Divine intervention for Frankie Feet Pete. I mean, how can you go against him right now? Yeah, definitely. Well, Mike, uh, we're going to switch gears a little bit and head to the Red Mile. It's the Bluegrass Series. Uh, it's the start of the Bluegrass Series at the Red Mile per $73,000. It kicks off the Saturday program. It's a field of two-year-old Philly Pacers, and Roaring to Go is coming out of a uh, the win in the New York Cider Stakes final, was disqualified and placed second um, behind Tequila Monday. Uh, had a really good trip, Mike, in that race. Uh, came up, up the passing lane, but went inside the pylons, turning for home. I think Roaring to Go is going to be the horse to beat. But you also have Idyllic Beach, who put in a very strong effort in the Kentuckiana at Hoosier Park in 152-2 and two last time out. Yeah, one of the interesting things about Idyllic Beach, Mike, is uh, he she has been going – uh, basically head-to-head with Agent Q. Agent Q was able to get the job done back in the 11th. Uh, the Pennsylvania Science thinks able to uh, actually get the job done there and kind of uh, turn the tables on Idyllic Beach, who uh, has been beating Agent Q pretty regularly. But Agent Q in the Liberty Bell uh, is the heavy favorite here uh, just the other day. Mike finished second. So uh, Idyllic Beach went on to win uh, that Kentuckiana, as you said. She's 6-5 to five right now on the board, but I agree with you. I think she's going to have some problems with to go who I think is peaking at the right time. Race number three features some men, some I'm trying to say some omen somewhere. Some omen somewhere, um, there you are. Some omen somewhere uh, from yeah. post four. Two to one for driver Marcus Miller. Irv Miller uh, does the conditioning. Didn't have uh, the best of luck at all in the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes Championship. Mike at Harris, Philadelphia. I'll let you get to that in a second. But I think a horse that's got a real shot is Jenny's Tear. Andrew McCarthy for trainer Noel Daly. Really raced well in the kindergarten series at the Meadowlands with Vic Kirby up. Picks up Andrew McCarthy. The only question is the only uh, two breaks that this horse shows Andrew McCarthy is driving both times. So that concerns me just a little bit. And then, of course, the great Charlie Norris from the inside. Yeah, you know, trainer Noel Daly, Mike, has really had a pretty good run with these young horses as of late. And uh, I think Jenny's tear is probably one of his uh, better ones. She looked very good last couple of starts in the kindergarten. I think she appreciates staying on the bigger track. Uh, Victor Kirby's been driving this horse very well the last couple of starts. Andrew McCarthy gets in the bike here. You did mention a very interesting point about uh, the two brinks with uh, Andrew in the bike. But, you know, some moments somewhere just uh, did not impress me. And I know that this is uh, a lot easier of a field than what she faced last time. But she did show some speed, but what she got shuffled. But what kind of worried me is uh, she did not finish the end of that mile very, very well. So, uh, I and obviously she had some issues. She is first-time Lasix here in this race, so we'll see if that helps. But uh, I'm still uh, I'm putting my faith in training all daily. I think, too, Jenny's uh, terror is a good young budding superstar in this division, and I think she's got a chance to turn some heads here. 
Race number four is the two-year-old Philly Pacers per $74,000. And trainer Mark Stacy has got a good one in Happy Hannah. Was third in the Champlain to everyone's watching in Windy Sport, Mike. And uh, didn't get the best trip, had to, having to come first up in the Great Lady. You also have the three. That's the ticket. But for a wash is coming out of the Kentuckiana against Idyllic Beach in a very, very, very tough field. Tonight, a wash gets a much easier field. I think a wash is going to be one of the horses to beat. Yeah, this is a very interesting race. Uh, I'll tell you one horse to watch, though, is number seven, Puff Magic Dragon. And uh, she was at Harris, Philadelphia last time. She made an extended brushing move uh, into a pretty slow half. It was 59-1, and one, but look at that back half. Very, very good, uh, 56 and change. And she's getting first-time Dave Miller. How many times, Mike, have we seen first-time Dave Miller pay very, very well? I mean, obviously, Puff Magic Dragon is uh, kind of a – an unproven commodity, but I think she's got a big shot here. Another thing, Mike, uh, another kind of a side note is that uh, the second-place finisher in uh, the Puff Magic Dragon race last time, she's marvelous, went on to a very nice victory yesterday at Harris, Philadelphia. So maybe that leads credence to a seven Puff Magic Dragon. It'll be a nice long shot. There you go. We're looking for a little bit of value so I can get my show bets in. Great Absolutely. Is the two-year-old Philly Pacers again for seventy-four thousand dollars? And Mike, this is a wide-open field. Everyone's watching is going to be the horse to watch. Though for trainer Tony Alanya and driver Jody Jameson, just getting up by a neck in the Champlain uh, last time out. Um, the other horse that I like in this field, and you know, this might come as a little bit of a surprise, but I'm going to go with the three Gaelic Sea driver Corey Callahan for trainer Jim Campbell um, was third to Lady Juno and Skyful a Star in the kindergarten um, last time out. But driving change here to Corey Callahan, and Corey has not driven this horse pair mutually yet. I think that's a uh, very big driving change. Yeah, it could be. I mean, Gallic, uh, see, I think has shown uh, some hints. Um, and you're right. First time Corey Callahan, uh, well, actually Corey did drove, drive this horse in a qualifier, but for all intents and purposes, first time Corey Callahan, and obviously she's more seasoned since that qualifier back at the end of June, uh, could certainly be a factor. Number two, World Apart is getting Tim Tietrich back in the bike after uh, a bit of a shuffled effort last time. Didn't show a lot of gate speed there, and uh, I think that lack of early position she paid for it last time. Tim Tietrich's back in the bike. I think two world apart will be better. But for the most part, I think this is a pretty wide-open race. I mean, everyone's watching is the horse to beat, but uh, I, I would definitely think she's uh, certainly beatable. I mean, other than the Champlain, she showed a bunch of, uh, you know, a bunch of, uh, sharing efforts, even though they were against the likes of Idyllic Beach, and she does get an easier field today. I certainly think so, but everyone's watching is a beatable favorite here. Race number six features the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes champion, Mike, and Huntsville. We'll let you get to Huntsville in just a second. I think this is going to be the horse to beat, but Fear the Dragon on the outside uh, was third to Huntsville and down by the seaside. Mike, I'm going to let you dive into this one since these guys have uh, raced in front of you before. Yeah, this is kind of a pretty interesting race, and uh, one of the horses I want to mention right off the bat, uh, once again, you talk about trainer Noel Daly, is Point Somewhere Else, and I know this wasn't uh, a very strong field in the Liberty Bell last time that she beat, but she has shown flashes. A big win, uh, three starts back at Harris Philly against, uh, I don't know, a little bit of an interesting field. Dances Cruiser all will work out. The third-place finisher did come back to win. Uh, a couple of uh, nights ago. Then after that, she drew post nine against a very tough field at Mohawk. 
finished a good closing fourth, coming home in sub-28, and it was a real nice up at Harris Philly. Once again, I do understand that that Liberty Pell wasn't, uh, wasn't that tough of a field, but I do think points somewhere else at 15-1 to 1 has the opportunity. You have to remember, Mike, that these two-year-olds can improve very, very rapidly. So I'm not really too concerned when a, a hot two-year-old takes a, a – lukewarm to big jump in class um you know betters western look in the liberty bell last time was able to brush was obviously much the best in that particular race 27 and 353 and two uh and was in uh, the pennsylvania consolation a couple of weeks back uh, to rjp and bellows binge right here at harris philadelphia huntsville obviously could be the one to be 51 and one that was a major league mile but uh, like i say these two-year-olds can improve quickly and i would certainly Use number one point somewhere else, somewhere in your gimmicks, if not on top. Moving right along, race seven is uh, the Bluegrass Series for two-year-old Colt and Gelding Pacers. I had the mute button on. uh, That's okay, Mike. The the old mute button. I I don't even have a mute button on my phone. You must have one of those... uh, Real technological ga- gadgets there, but <laughs> race seven, two-year-old Colton Geldings, uh, odds on Delray uh, is a horse that uh, once again draws inside. Had a real tough trip in the elevation. Mike was shuffled to oblivion. Came home in twenty-six and three. Scott Zeron's back in the bike, uh, going up against the horse that I had a chance to see last time. Six RJP. Uh, who uh, was able to uh, rally to get the job done against Bellows Binge and entered Hanover. I think two odds on Delray is a really good-looking animal, and I think this horse has a chance to uh, turn some heads up. Yeah, definitely. I, I have to agree with you there. I think odds on Delray is the horse to be. RJP put in a monster effort in the consolation at Harris Philadelphia last time out, so I think it's down to those two. Race number eight, Mike, is the two-year-old Colton Gelding Pacers and it features Bloodline, who is coming off a very tough effort, coming home in 26-4 and four in the elevation against Fear the Dragon and Ocean Colony. Another horse to watch out for, Mike, in here is Normandy Beach, who's had a couple of tough efforts. I think Normandy Beach is going to, uh, you know, take to, this, uh, take to this race a little bit better than the last two. You know, this horse had no chance back in the uh, Pennsylvania Sire Stakes Championship, trying to go three wide around Hunt. Uh, you know, around that field with Huntsville and down by the seaside and, and uh, raced evenly, I thought. Still come home in uh, close to 28 and still lost five lengths uh, between the three quarters and uh, the uh, finish uh, against Huntsville. So I think Normandy Beach will enjoy a little bit uh, easier competition here this time, and I agree with you. You're getting Yannick Shingrod back in the bike. Another horse that you want to watch, a bit of an unproven commodity, is uh, Dragnet Alert. I mean, here we go with Brian Sears. This horse I thought raced pretty good last time at Delaware, just getting caught up the wire in 52-4, and four, did all he could 28. I think this horse is a rapidly uh, – Improving two-year-old by Dragon again. That uh, I think at nine to two, probably going to get a little more off him uh, for first time. Brian Sears. That sounds like a good deal to me. Race number nine features Machiavelli, Mike, and Machiavelli is a horse for trainer Joe Holloway that I really enjoyed watching at Harris Philadelphia back on August 31st. But the two races in the kindergarten, they weren't slaps races. They came home in uh, 27 and 28 apiece. 52 and 4 was the final time. And picks up Corey Callahan, who drove this horse the last time uh, he won a race. Of course, you have Max Jackpot and down by the seaside, but I'm going for an upset with Machiavelli. Down by the seaside, I think, Mike, uh, and that's a, not a bad pick, but uh, you better 
back yourself up with down by the seaside on top and Machiavelli second because down by the seaside in my opinion in this race is easily the best horse in here it was a great effort at Delaware or at the uh, Ohio last time an easy win four and three quarters last time I had a chance to see this horse was right there with Huntsville nearly pulled off the upset was able to uh, leave from post eight in the 27 and one quarter and get the trip and still had a lot more I'm gonna tell you what Mike when you have a horse that leaves into a 27 opening quarter and then closes in 27, you better give them a long look. And I think down by the seaside is easily the one to beat in here. But the, like you say, Machiavelli can certainly create some noise. I really like a 1771 exacta box there. I think there's some money to be made. Race number 10 is a uh, is a little bit of a chalky race, if you ask me. It features the second-place New York Sire Stakes final horse, Me So Fast, who finished second to Funkin' Waffles. And, Mike, I think Me So Fast is going to be the horse to beat here. Yeah, certainly. And, I mean, some of the top contenders are coming off some questionable efforts. So, I mean, do you really want to consider Bobcat bound off that 34-1 last quarter and 24-length back finish? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I agree with you. I think Me So Fast is definitely the one to beat. You know, McThriller looked very, very good at Delaware. He's uh, obviously won a couple of straight races, and he's got a lot of confidence right now. Draws the inside. Could be in line for a pretty good trip, especially a horse that doesn't have a whole lot of gain speed. So he could be sitting third or fourth to set up his late charge. But I think, too, me so fast is easily the one to beat in him. Well, Mike, that's, the, uh, that's our Around the Horn segment tonight. We've covered the races from Dayton Raceway and the Red Mile, we didn't get to the uh, Red Mile on Friday night. Mike, do you want to, Do you see anything there that maybe sticks out at you? Uh, no, not really. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's obviously a great racing program, uh, and it's really a good time of year because, you know, when the Red Mile is starting, uh, you know, the Grand Circuit races, uh, we're getting into the fall. Actually, it's kind of a, a somber point of the year because, you know, the summer's over. <laughs> And we're getting That's into right. the cold. We're getting into the cold weather, and, and uh, you know, listen. When you put a show together, and we found this out because we started our show back in the winter last year, and uh, you know, you get all the great horses that start taking time off. And usually, it was Mike. As far as putting these shows together, it's kind of easy because you know all these horses kind of write their own tales, and uh, you know, it's it's kind of easy to get guests. You know, in the winter, it's it's. It's a little bit tough because you've got your old lunchbox horses that are going out there and and filling races and that uh, you know uh, I don't I, I shouldn't say suffering through that uh, negative ten and twenty below weather because a lot of the horses like the cold and look at foiled again he loves the cold but uh, you know it's like I say it's kind of a somber time when the Red Mile starts uh, the Grand Circuit because you know it just means the warm weather is fading away unless. You're down in Florida, and that's where our good friends Gabe Pruitt and Brett Revington will be. And, hey, we are so happy to have them aboard, Mike. Yeah, we are. We're definitely happy to have them. We're thankful for the VIP Internet Stable who joined us this week as well. Well, Mike, we've got some – we're going to be – or I'm going to be at Dayton Raceway tomorrow night. Stop and say hello. I'll be wearing post time with Mike and Mike here. Um, We have our first – or excuse me, our next live remote coming up on October the 15th at the Yonkers International Trot. We'll have a three-hour show. We have our Breeders' Crown show coming up. Mike, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I can't wait to see uh, what's coming up in the future. That's right. And one final reminder before we let you go, and we'll close this thing out. Uh, thanks to everybody that uh, helped us put our Larry Reinheimer segment together. Uh, thanks to Emily Gasker for joining us. All of our guests are joining uh, for joining us today. But uh, in case you haven't heard, and in case uh, that you've joined the show late, 
the Small Stable of the Year Award from Post Time and Mike and Mike will be named after Larry Reinheimer. So it will now be the Larry Reinheimer Small Stable of the Year Award. And those uh, awards are going to be handed out pretty quick, Mike. We've only got a couple of months before uh, our awards show. Well, Mike Carter, you got anything else before we close this thing out? No, I think that's pretty much it. For Mike Bozich, I'm Mike Carter. We'll see you next week with the first post of 7 o'clock. Good night. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.